We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. to the Rotowire DFS podcast for Wednesday, May 11th. I'm your host, James Seltzer, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, brother? Yeah, not too much. Just, uh, you know, kind of looking through some of these uh, some of these games, looking for some action. We got big slate tomorrow, split in half. I think there's eight games early, seven games late, so... A lot of stuff for us to uh, to kind of look at here. That's right, Benny. We're we're always here to to bring the action. That's what we do. Hey, you know, I mean, someone's got to do it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. Well, Benny, you mentioned it. Uh, a long slate to run down, so I'll just knock it out here. Uh, it starts early, as you said. There are, uh, I believe, seven day games, eight night games. Um, the first game of the day, one oh five start in Chicago. As San Diego heads in to take NL, uh, Major League Baseball's best team, uh, the Chicago Cubs, righty Colin Ray taking on righty Kyle Hendricks there. Uh, one ten start in Minnesota as the Orioles head in to take on the Twins. Tyler Wilson, another righty-righty matchup, taking on Phil Hughes. Uh, then we get to the two oh five start in Texas uh, as we have the White Sox and Matt Latos with our first lefty of the day as Cole Hamels pitching for the Rangers. Uh, two ten start also uh, staying in the in the don't mess with the state of Texas uh, as the uh, Cleveland Indians head to Houston to take on the Astros. Danny Salazar versus Doug Fister in a matchup of righties. Uh, then we go out to Coors Field, hitters paradise as uh, the D-backs take on the Rockies. Lefty Robbie Ray against righty Chad Bettis there. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays against the Seattle Mariners in Seattle at three forty. As Chris Archer uh, takes on righty Taiwan Walker, a righty-righty matchup there as well. And then we go to the 345 start in San Fran, our interleague matchup of the day, uh, at least one of the interleague matchups of the day. 
uh, as the uh, Toronto Blue Jays head in to take on the Giants. Marcus Stroman against Madison Bumgartner. A nice righty-lefty matchup there. Uh, then we go to New York. Benny's New York Yankees hosting the World Series champs, the Kansas City Royals. You're Donna Ventura against Michael Pineda in a righty-righty matchup. Uh, and then we have another interleague matchup here as uh, the Detroit Tigers head in to take on wa uh, the Washington Nationals. Uh, a little former-former pitcher matchup on both sides as Jordan Zimmerman takes on his former team, as does Max Scherzer uh, taking on his former team in the Tigers. Uh, then we get a 7-10 start in Boston as the A's head into town. Lefty Eric Surkamp taking on Rick Porcello, I believe is 5-0. and uh, dude can't lose right now. 7-10 uh, start as well in Atlanta as the Phillies head in. We've got Jared Eikhoff against Julius Chassin, as uh, Benny knows, one of my favorite names to say in the game. Uh, uh, Righty-righty matchup there as well. Now uh, we have two more 7-10 starts. Cincinnati uh, hosting the Pirates. Uh, righty matchup there as uh, uh, Juan Nicasio takes on righty Alfredo Simone. Uh, and the last 7-10 start in Miami as the Brewers head in. Chase Anderson against Wei-Yin Chen, a righty-lefty matchup there. Uh, 8.05 start uh, in uh, Chicago as we have a doubleheader matchup. So make sure you pay attention. Usually in FanDuel scoring, they will take the first game of the day. Uh, so this game might not count, but pay attention. Uh, Drew Br Drew Pomeranz taking on John Lackey there. Uh, and then uh, the 10.05 start in Los Angeles. We have uh, two Los Angeles games as the Cardinals take on the Angels. Uh, Jaime Garcia against Matt Shoemaker, lefty-righty there. And then the pitching matchup of the day, the last game of the day as well in Los Angeles. Uh, for those night owls who like to listen to Vin Scully like myself, uh, the Mets heading in, Noah Syndergaard taking on Kenta Maida. All right, let's get into it, Benny. Uh, it does look like if you uh, look at the FanDuel scoring for tomorrow that it is that first Cubs game, uh, first Cubs-Padres game that will be the one that will be uh, in the FanDuel scoring. So you don't need to worry about Drew Pomerantz and John Lackey are essentially off the board tomorrow. So in that Colin Ray-Kyle Hendricks matchup, uh, what are you looking at in that one, Benny? Yeah, I think I want left-handed Cubs bats going up against Colin Ray, although he had been a little bit of a reverse splits guy. So I think a guy like Chris Bryant is in play too. So I like Bryant. I like Rizzo. There's a good chance you're going to get Tommy LaStella in this game too, who's a guy who has really good numbers against righties with Pomerantz being a lefty pitching in the later game, you know they're going to have to sit some guys and, and kind of, you know, mess with the lineup a little bit. So I think you might see Tommy LaStella up there, you know, towards the top of that Cubs order. So I, I would like him if he gets in there early as well. And then um, on the other side, I don't ever take anybody on San Diego. I don't think I've played a hitter on San Diego all season, so I'm not about to break that streak today. You know, one of the worst teams against right-handed pitching. I, I guess you could even consider Kyle Hendricks, who's probably going to be a pretty big favorite here. Uh, to be in a good spot in this game as well because San Diego has struggled against righties all season long. You know, we've seen guys, you know, basically, the, you know, dominate them from, you know, and, and just middle-of-the-road right-handed pitching too. I know they had a good series against the Mets against some pretty decent pitchers that the Mets threw at them, but, you know, I'm still picking on this team, so not using any San Diego bats, and I think that Hendricks could be a sneaky option for tournaments if you wanted to. Yeah, I agree. Maybe a bit of a contrarian play. Uh, the price is not super attractive. Uh, you know, 8500 I believe, uh, for Hendricks, which isn't great. But Hendricks has been really good. And again, like you said, those Padres bats are just inept uh, against uh, right-handed pitching. Last week when they played Colorado, we had Tyler Chatwood and, and John Gray who were, you know, 
probably worse pitchers than Hendricks. I mean, at least at least Hendricks has a little bit of a of a track record. Those guys put up monster numbers against San Diego, so. Like I said, this team is just that bad offensively. But to be fair, just for those two names, Chatwood uh, really increased spin rate this year and has pitched really well outside of Coors and Gray, of course, a a top, top prospect. Uh, But but a fair point, Hendricks has picked well. I think the the price is really the only thing steering me away there. Uh, One more name I'd throw in there, too. If he gets in the lineup, the reverse splits he mentioned with Ray. Javier Baez has has continued to hit for the Cubs and still only priced at 2,500 at shortstop. So maybe a nice kind of cheaper play there if he's in the lineup. And obviously, always remember to check the lineups, especially with the early games where you will have all that information. All right, Benny, let's get to the 110 start in Minnesota as Tyler Wilson and the Orioles head into the Twin Cities to take on Phil Hughes. Uh, I'm guessing you might like some bats in this one. Unfortunately, the Twins bats, not very good, Benny. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start with the Baltimore bats. You know, Hughes is a guy who is basically equally as bad to right and left-handed batters. He's not horrendous, but they both hit about 260, 270 against them in the last year or two. And he is a guy who's a a high fly ball rate kind of pitcher, so he does tend to give up a lot of home runs. Manny Machado is 10 of 19 lifetime against him with two home runs, and he's the guy that hits really well in righty-on-righty situations. So I love Machado tomorrow. He's one of my favorite plays. You know, you want to look at the guys that can put the ball in the air and hit home runs. So, you know, Chris Davis, a lefty going up against Hughes I like, you know, maybe even a a Mark Trumbo. You know, I want guys that can take him yard. So those would be the guys that I'd be looking at on Baltimore. Then on the other side for Tyler Wilson, you know, Minnesota's not really good against right-handed pitching. One guy who I've been using lately that I feel like he's going under the radar and he shouldn't be, um, Byung-Ho Park, the first baseman from the Twins. This guy's got a lot of power, and he's got some upside there. I don't think Wilson's a particularly great pitcher. He's basically a reliever that they kind of stretched out to eat up some innings. Uh, I think they're going to get into the bullpen in this game, and Baltimore's bullpen is nothing you know spectacular, so... I don't want to take any Minnesota bats. I never do. I mean, you know, Park and Miguel Sanu are the only guys that really stand out based on the numbers. You know, both of them have like 380 Wobas and limited at bats since they, you know, came up to the majors last season and this season. Uh, So I don't think I'm taking any Minnesota bats, but I also am not taking Wilson. Probably going to stay to some of the Baltimore bats against Hughes, if anything. Yeah, I like the Baltimore bats too. Chris Davis at. 3,800 seems especially enticing compared to the rest of the first base board. Um, All right, moving on, 205 start, the first of two games here in the great state of Texas as the Chicago White Sox go in to take on the Rangers. Matt, Latos against Cole Hamels. Which way are you leaning in this one? Yeah, I like Hamels a lot more than Latos in this one. The only guy that really scares me a little bit on the White Sox against Hamels is uh, Todd Frazier, who's been hitting well lately. He's always been somebody who hit left-handed pitching well. He's really the only guy I'm afraid of. I don't really like this White Sox lineup at all. So, you know, I think Hamels could be a decent option here. And then Latos in his last two games, he had a really good start to the year. And his last two games, he came back to being the Matt Latos that we all love and hate, or know and hate, I should say. Um, so he's somebody that I, you know, I'm expecting him to give up runs, especially with that lefty heavy Texas order. So guys like Odor has been hitting well on top of it. Um, you know, Nomar Mazzara has amazing numbers for a rookie who's only came up like, you know, three weeks ago or so he's hitting his Wob is over 400 ISO scores over 200. So he's another lefty I'd look at, you know, Fielder or Moreland, the, the tough question you always have to decide with them being, uh, 
you know, first base on, on some sites and you got to pick one or the other. So I think um, all those guys are in play for me. All those lefties up towards the top against Lathos, I think, are in a good spot. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because I feel like we say every single week uh, whenever we talk about the White Sox, we're like, yeah, I just I don't really like too much of their lineup. And yet they're sitting there at 23 and 10. And obviously it's mostly been the pitching, but it's still kind of funny when you when you think about every week coming in and just not being excited by their lineup at all. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, the pitching is what's been carrying them, but their pitching is so good that they don't need the lineup to do a lot, and they do have a couple guys that can get into one. I mean, we've seen Abreu get into a couple home runs. You know, we've seen Frazier get into a couple home runs, and their lineup is not horrendous. I mean, they do have some guys that are professional hitters, you know, Adam Eaton is a pretty solid hitter. Melky Cabrera is a pretty solid hitter. You know, Abisail Garcia, they used to call him Little Little Miggy, Little Miguel Cabrera for a while. So they actually had Jimmy Rollins. I mean, these are guys that have been in the league and been around for a while and, you know, just know how to get it done. So if their pitchers are going to limit everybody to two or three runs and, you know, all they're asking is for their offense to get them three or four, it's not asking too much. They're going to be able to do that on on most nights. Yeah, well, when you have little Miggy, what else can you expect, Benny? That's it. I mean, hey, it's tough. <laughs> all right, let's move on. The other game in Texas as the Cleveland Indians and Danny Salazar head in to take on the eminently hittable Doug Fister and the Houston Astros. Which way are you leaning here? Yeah, Salazar is really tough on right-handed bats, so I don't think this is a great spot for Houston at all. You know, they got all those righties up at the top of the order with Correa and Springer and and, um, Altuve, so I actually like uh, Salazar here. You know, Houston does strike out a lot there. You know, they swing for the fences, they swing from the heels, so they hit a lot of home runs, and they also wind up with a lot of strikeouts. So I'd be okay with Salazar here. I don't think he's great. But, um, you know, I do like him a little bit. And then Fister's just not a very good pitcher. So I think you got to be looking at some of those Cleveland bats to go up against them. You know, the lefties would probably be the way to attack them. Guys like Kipnis, you know, I want to say Brantley, but he just, he, he's got to show me that he's he's back to that old Michael Brantley who I used to love before I, you know, keep rolling him out there. Because I feel like I'm just burning money by doing it at this point. Uh, you know, maybe even a Francisco Lindor thrown in there as well. He's always reasonably priced and, you know, has been pretty solid this year. So those are some of the guys I think you can look at against Fister. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll start pretty much anyone against Fister for the right price. And Salazar at 9,100, actually, when you look at how the rest of the board stacks out, actually probably one of my favorite pitching plays of the day. All right, let's move in. 310 start in the hitter's paradise at Coors Field. Uh, Robbie Ray, the lefty, taking on Chad Bettis. Start them all as always, Benny. Yeah, I mean, you know, why do we even got to waste time on this Do we need to talk about it? It's just start everybody. If you really want to break it down a little bit further, if you're looking at Colorado, uh, you know, Robbie Ray, the lefty, so you want to look at guys like Story and Arenado and, you know, Ryan Rayburn, who will probably be in a lineup against a left-handed pitcher. You know, the right-handed bats against Robbie Ray are probably the way to attack him. Then you look at Chad Bettis on the other side of this game, you know, for Arizona, you know, I mean, you want to have Jake Lamb exposure with the lefty. You can play Goldie against anybody. You know, it is still Coors Field. They're going to be getting a full nine innings worth of at-bats. So I'm not going to argue with anybody that you decide to put in here. I don't really want to pay up for a lot of these guys outside of, 
you know, Lamb. I mean, Peralta's been hurt, so, you know, you take that left-handed bat out of the lineup. There aren't a lot of other ones that are in there. But, you know, like I said, Lamb hitting cleanup uh, against right-handed pitching is something I definitely want some exposure to. You know, Goldie, even though his price is ridiculously high, if you can find the way to fit him in, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. He's a great player, even righty on righty. Um, but like I said, if you have a, you have to have some exposure to this game. You can't just fade a game that's going to have a 10-plus run total and, you know, expect to, to get lucky and find your way to the top. So, you know, kind of stay with the righties on Colorado and the guys in the middle of the order on Arizona. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, just start everybody. All right, yeah, <laughs> or just start everybody. Yeah, that's it. All right, Benny, let's move on. 340 start in Seattle as Chris Archer and the Rays take on Taiwan Walker. Uh, seems like there's some potential for some pitching numbers in this one. Yeah, I like Chris Archer. Um, you know, he has the strikeout upside, so that's always good. So that's something that you can look at. I'm not really looking to take any of the bats going up against them. And Taiwan Walker is usually pretty tough at home, too. Uh, Tampa Bay does not hit right-handed pitching all that well. You know, Corey Dickerson's probably the biggest left-handed bat they have, and he's basically somebody that either homers or goes 0 for 4. So I'd be okay staying away from most of the hitters here. I think I prefer Archer over Walker only because of the strikeout upside, but I think both of them should pitch a decent game here. Yeah, I agree, and and obviously I think when you look at the the pricing, uh, Walker at nine thousand, Archer ten thousand four hundred. I still think I might even pay the extra fourteen hundred for Archer there. I think he's just a little bit safer, a little bit more you can count on. Uh, but again, I think they're. I'd rather have Salazar at ninety one hundred than either. All right, Benny, let's move on. 345 start last of the day slate in San Francisco as the Blue Jays head into town. Marcus Stroman against Madison Bumgartner. Another nice pitching matchup here. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco's not a, a park that usually yields a lot of runs, so I think these guys are both going to be pretty decent. People shy away from left-handed uh, pitchers going up against Toronto because they, they do hit lefties well. They have a lot of guys that profile well against lefties. Joey Batista, Encarnacion, you know, Josh Donaldson, who's probably at the top of that list, just absolutely mashes left-handed pitching. But Bump Gardner's good, so I don't, you know, I try not to take a lot of bats against good pitchers, especially in good pitchers' parks. So I'm probably going to be shying away from most of these Toronto guys, although I could see people wanting to throw like a, you know, a stack of them in there to be contrarian in like a large field tournament. That that does make a little bit of sense. And then Stroman going up against San Francisco, you know, Stroman's been good too. So I think he's in a solid spot. I don't want to have a ton of exposure to any of these San Francisco bats. I think this is a game that kind of ends, you know, 3-2, 4-2, somewhere around there. So, you know, maybe some of the pitching you'd look at, but not really looking to take any hitters here. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's not worth it with so many other good options on the board. If I were going to uh, make a, tr- con- a contrarian play there, uh, I might consider E5 at 3,700. Uh, Righty-lefty, he's been killing, killing left-handers. But uh, even still, I-, I think it's probably safer to stay away. All right, Benny, before we get on the night slate, a reminder is always that Major League Baseball season is here, and that means that Daily Fantasy is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. I got my wife playing. She loves it. Everyone loves it because you could do every day. It's a new team. It's new action. You're rooting for new players. It's 
it's just a really good time. Uh, you can join over 1 million other users who've already won money. It's never too late to join, so come play with me and Benny every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com, I'll try that again, and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code RWPOD to sign up now. That's RWPOD. Special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You have to use my code, again, RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for $25. That's it. That's a steal. So don't forget to use my code again. It's RWPOD. That's FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's go to your squad, the New York Yankees, in their woeful offense taking on your Dano Ventura, uh, Michael Pineda going for the Yankees. Uh, against the former uh, or the current World Series champs, Benny, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous about Pineda going up against uh, KC here. You know, they're they're not a team that strikes out a ton, so I don't think he's going to have a very good game. And right-handed and left-handed bats have both been hitting him pretty hard over the last year and a half. So I think you can look at the guys towards the, the middle of the order, the, you know, Lorenzo Canes, uh, you know, Alex Gordon hitting in the five spots been pretty well, Eric Hosmer, somebody else that I think you can look at. Um, I, I think they're going to put up a couple runs here. So I wouldn't mind looking at some of these KC bats against uh, Pineda. And then for the Yankees, I mean, the lineup has been horrible right now. But you got Ventura, who's got lit up in his last two starts, hasn't made it out of the fourth inning in either one of them, uh, gave up five runs in both of them, a lot of hits. He's lost the strike zone again. He's walked 11 batters in the last eight innings over his last two starts. So, you know, hopefully the Yankees can be patient, get some guys on, and then you know, with the short porch in right field and all the left-handed bats they're going to be throwing at it, you know, hopefully a, a Beltran or a McCann or, a, you know, a, a Gardner maybe gets a gets a hold of one and hits a home run. But I think you could, you know, you, I don't like stacking against Kansas City because even if your Donald Ventura comes out of the game early, their bullpen is so good that, you know, you, you basically got to do all your damage in the first couple innings because once you get into that bullpen, it's basically lights out. Yeah, I feel very similarly, but I, I agree that there is a lot of opportunity here. Neither Pineda or Ventura scares me to go up against. All right, Ben, uh, let's head to Washington. 7.05 start, as I mentioned before, um, a couple of pitchers going up against their former teams. Jordan Zimmerman taking on Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Showing some warts lately. Has uh, he been bad enough for you to want to throw some uh, some Nats or, excuse me, some Tigers in your lineup? No, definitely not. And I'll tell you the reason why. Scherzer last year only gave up a 184 batting average and a .75 whip to right-handed bats. Even with him struggling this year, it's been against the lefties because right-handers are still only hitting 164 against them with a 0.59 whip through the first couple games here. As we know, this Detroit team is entirely right-handed. Other than Anthony Ghost, I don't even think they have another lefty on the entire roster. So I think this is going to be a really good spot for Scherzer. I think he's going to bounce back. You know, what we've seen in the last two games with this Detroit team is, you know, they may not get a lot of hits, but the hits that they do get tend to go pretty far. You know, a guy like Nick Castellanos has been phenomenal lately. Uh, you know, some of the other big bats they have there, the the Uptons, the J.D. Martinez, the Miguel Cabreras, any one of these guys could get into a pitch and send it over, send it over the fence at any point in time. So... 
you know, they may tag Scherzer for a home run or two, but I don't expect him to give up more than two or three runs in this game. I think it'll be a good start for him. And then on the other side, Zimmerman's been pretty good this year, too. Left-handed bats have always been the way to go against him. I have trouble taking Bryce Harper right now because he's getting walked three or four times a game. And even three or four walks, even though that's some points, it doesn't pay off the salary he has. So maybe for cash games, he's a solid floor kind of guy. But I don't like his upside in tournaments if they're not going to pitch to him. But because they're not pitching to him, Daniel Murphy seems to get up every single time with runners on base and runners in scoring position. And he has just been an absolute monster early in the season. So I've been playing Murphy a lot, and I'll probably have some exposure to him again, going up against a guy in Zimmerman who gave up a 284 batting average to lefties last year. I think that's the way to go after him. Yeah, I love the Scherzer call. 9,100, you are very rarely going to be able to get a guy like that with that upside at that price. So uh, I think that's a great buy and and certainly a great play in tournaments. All right, Benny, let's... uh, Move on as we move to another 7-10 start in Atlanta. Uh, excuse me, in Boston as Oakland heads in. Eric Surkamp, the lefty, taking on Rick Porcello, the righty. What do you uh, What are you thinking about this one, Ben? Yeah, I mean, Porcello's been very, very good this year. So I'm not really looking at a lot of these Oakland bats going up against them. I know if you look at his numbers from last year, you know, you're going to see that a lot of these guys probably stand out. But he's a completely different pitcher this year. He's been good early on, so I'm not going to be attacking him. I would even think that I might even be using him a little bit here against, uh, you know, an Oakland offense that isn't all that great. And then Sir Camp being a lefty, you want to look at, you know, some of the guys who do well against, uh, you know, left-handed pitching. Mookie Betts is always in play, uh, right-handed bat and Dustin Pedroia. You know, Xander Bogarts hits left-handed pitching very well. Hanley Ramirez hits left-handed pitching pretty well. Had an absolute monster blast yesterday. Um, so he's another guy that I think you can you can put in there. So I really like these Boston bats. Not a fan of Sir Camp at all. I don't think he's a good pitcher. And I wouldn't mind taking Porcello. You know, you got the win almost guaranteed for him there. And he's been pitching a lot better than he had last year so far to start this season. So that's kind of how I see this game. Yeah, Porcello at 8400 not a bad price considering the win upside. And uh, he's been getting more strikeouts as well, which is nice to see. All right, let's move on. Uh, to the uh, game I just tried to say before, another 7-10 start in Atlanta as the Phillies head in. Jared Eikhoff taking on Julius Chassin, a righty-righty matchup. Uh, which way are you going, Benny? Yeah, I don't really love the Philly offense. You know, maybe a guy like Odubel Herrera or Mikhail Franco could, could sneak into my lineup, but that's probably about it. They just don't score a lot of runs. But I do think they actually win this game. I love Eikhoff in this spot. You know, he's got the strikeout upside. He's been pitching pretty well to start this year. And Atlanta's team is just horrible. Their their offense is, you know, just garbage at this point in time. So I like Eikhoff, but I don't see a lot of bats that I would really take. You know, Herrera is somebody that might be in play, and, and Franco would be the only other guy I might even consider. I agree 100%. Eikhoff at 6,900, probably my favorite pitching value of the That's day way too cheap for it's him ins- in this i mean that would be way too cheap for him just in a normal matchup or at least too cheap and it's way too cheap going up against this fraud offense in atlanta if he was facing a good team and he was 6900 i would be like all right i understand but in a matchup this good, that's way too cheap. He's he's definitely somebody that I'm going to be using. 100%. All right, uh, let's head on. La- uh, what, two more 7-10 starts. Uh, Cincinnati hosting the Pirates. Juan Nicasio against Alfredo Simone. 
Uh, Alfredo Simone coming off a so-so start, but always someone you want to get some bats up against, right, Benny? Yeah, I mean, I'll take any, you know, I feel like this is the game that got rained out, so I feel like I've already talked about this game yesterday, so I know exactly what I'm going to say here. All the bats in Pittsburgh, I think, are in play. Remember that um, Jung Ho Kang is back, and he was actually their best hitter. Him and him and McCutcheon were one and two all season long, even against right-handed pitching. So he's somebody that I think people are going to forget about and not have on their stacks that could have a big game here. I like everybody against Simon. I think that that last game's an aberration. And then Nicasio has actually been pretty good. If he can get the walks under control, he could actually be really good. The strikeout upside is there. You know, it's not a, a great pitcher's park for him. You know, I do think guys like Votto, uh, you know, the, the lefties, Votto, somebody I'd look at. I also like Billy Hamilton lately because they've been hitting him in the two hole. He's been stealing some bases and those stolen bases are worth a lot of points. People don't realize that. So if you get him on base one or two times, he's going to steal at least one base for you, maybe even score a run. You know, he winds up getting you double digit fantasy points for real cheap. And, you know, he's been a viable guy to look at there. So I like Votto. I like, uh, you know, Billy Hamilton. I really don't think I'm going to be using Nicasio here. I don't like the park shift for him. But I know there are a lot of people that were talking about him to use him today before this game got rained out. Yeah, Benny, we could have just, you know, cut the audio from the last time you did it and plopped it in, right? I mean, that was, you know, if you had already done it. Yeah, well, I mean, this, like I said, this was the matchup they were supposed to have on Tuesday night and the game got rained out. So it's the same thing. So it everything works. I said yesterday still works today. I love it. I love it. See, they and they get to hear it twice, which is that much better, Benny. All right, let's move on. Last 7-10 start in Miami as the Brewers head in chase. Anderson against the lefty Wei-Yin Chen. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, you know, Chen's been okay, but he's got a, a pretty right-handed lineup that he's going up against. And, you know, I think Connolly's a, a better pitcher, and he struggled to get through that lineup tonight. So I don't think I'd use Chen. I'm not, I, I'd probably either stack the Milwaukee bats or not use them at all, with the exception of maybe Ryan Braun, who I could see as being a, a one-off guy because he's so good against left-handed pitching. But the game's in Miami, which is also not a great hitter's park. Uh, on the other side with Chase Anderson, I do think there's a lot of left-handed bats in Miami that I'll look at. You know, Derek Dietrich's been a darling of everybody in DFS lately. Justin Bohr as well. You get those two left-handed bats that are, you know, usually pretty low-owned and very cheap. Giancarlo Stanton has seven home runs in the last 14 games. So last time I checked, that's pretty good. Uh, Christian Yelich has been hitting well, another left-handed bat up there. So, you know, JT Real Muto has been one of the better catcher options. So, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I mean, Miami is a viable stack team and and they're a legitimate threat that we got to be aware of in DFS. I mean, even a guy like Ozuna is hitting the ball pretty well and has some power. So I like this Miami lineup. I think this team's kind of sneaky. I like them better when they're away from home. I don't expect a, you know, a ton of runs when they're in Miami, but Chase Anderson's not a good pitcher, so they could get to him. Who would have thought it? Yeah, I agree. I love Christian Yelich. That dude just keeps hitting. I think he's still batting like 330 or something. And uh, and who would have thought, you know, D. Gordon goes down and they just keep trucking. Dietrich steps in and, and hits. And, uh, yeah, no, they're, 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 and they're winning games, which is, which is obviously uh, we don't care about that, but they care about that, Benny. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We got two night games left, both in Los Angeles, as the first is the St. Louis Cardinals, a 10.05 start, and Jaime Garcia heading in to take on Matt. Shoemaker, certainly not moneymaker, I'm guessing, unless you're going up against him, right, Benny? 
Oh, yeah, if you're stacking against him, he's been a great moneymaker for you. You know, the last two times he started, he didn't get out of the third inning, gave up seven runs in both of those starts. You know, he's a guy that gives up a ton of home runs, uh, you know, five home runs allowed in his last 12 innings of work. Uh, righties and lefties hit home running guy. I mean, he's equal opportunity. You can basically stack anybody up against them. So, you know, start at the top with uh, Carpenter, Piscotti, you know, Gearchuk, uh, you know, Moss, if he's in there, who, you know, Diaz, if they put him up in the lineup. I like all the Cardinal bats. And then on the other side, I'm not really looking to to use uh, Jaime Garcia. You know, his his strikeout, He's not going to have big strikeouts here. This this Angels team, even though they're not a very good team, they do put the ball in play. They do not have a very high strikeout rate, which is one of the reasons why, as bad as this offense is, I haven't really been targeting anybody against them. But outside of Mike Trout, I'm also not targeting anybody on this offense to use. So if you want to use Trout, you know, he hits well against left-handed pitching, but teams are just pitching around them because there's nothing else in this offense. But they don't strike out a lot, so I'm not using Jaime Garcia either. Ben, uh, I, I'm so happy. I agree with what you said, but more importantly, uh, a little inside baseball for everyone. I spend far too much time thinking and pondering about what I'm going to title the episode each day. And today, Matt Moneymaker. It's built in. It's easy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, my we've saved a lot of my time here. So it's good, Benny. It's good. All right, Benny, let's uh, let's round out the night with the last game in Los Angeles. Uh, clearly, uh, we have a couple good pitching matchups on the day, but I think this one probably has to top the list as Noah Syndergaard and the New York Mets head in to Do- Dodger Stadium to take on Kenta Maeda and the Dodgers. Benny, uh, are you are you taking any hitters in this game, or is this a, a pitching only game? Yeah, I mean, I love Syndergaard here. I like him over Maeda because he has more strikeout upside, in my opinion. You know, Maeda has been incredibly good though, and has been keeping hitters off balance. So I can't take any of the Mets bats against him, and I can't take any of the Dodgers bats against Noah Syndergaard because. You know, when he's on, I mean, he, in my opinion, is the best of all the pitchers that they have on the Mets staff right now. So I, I'm basically going to be looking at Syndergaard's way. I don't think I'm going to have any shares of Maeda, and I'm definitely not going to have any bats from this game. Yeah, I, I feel you. I'm staying away from all the bats, but Maeda at 8900 that's not the worst price against a Mets lineup that does it right. He's better than lefties, I suppose, but isn't really a a lineup you fear outside of a Suspettis and, and a hot Duda. But um, I, I agree. I think this is just one of those games you take one of the two pitchers and, and kind of stay away. But uh, Benny, that'll do it. We appreciate it. Benny and I'll be back with you tomorrow for Thursday's podcast. But this has been the Rotowire DFS podcast for Wednesday, May 11th, the Matt Moneymaker episode of the podcast. So for Benny Ricciardi, I'm James Seltzer. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Go out. Good luck. Win some money.